Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome into the Tuesday, August the 20th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the boys are back at it. And we've got some practice notes, some injury updates, and comments from Coach Flores to unpack. Plus, we'll get you the latest advanced metrics and snap counts from Pro Football Focus and the game on Friday night in Tampa Bay. And we'll circle back to the Baltimore Ravens and Miami's week one opponent with a scouting report and preview of that game. All of that and a whole lot more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review consistently in the top 200 on iTunes Sports Category Podcast, the number one Dolphins podcast in the entire land. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter and the show at Locked On Fins. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have daily written content for you guys. Kevin Dern is going to put out his roster expectations piece here shortly. And of course, all the daily content that I put on the site. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, And with fantasy football season right around the corner, you guys got to check out Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everybody else. Then you wind up with the same team as everybody else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on both draft day and all season long. It's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. We have a busy show today. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins returned to the practice field on Monday and the first down portion of this podcast, the Locked On Dolphins podcast, we got to talk about the players still down due to injury. There's still a lot of those guys out there and a lot of guys that figure to contribute to this team come the regular season. Raquan McMillan, Andrew Van Ginkle, Kiko Alonso, three linebackers all still down, as well as Chase Allen. Dwayne Allen, the tight end, he's out after playing the game on Friday night. Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, Walt Aikens, and TJ McDonald all did not practice on Monday. Rashad Jones and Jakeem Grant, however, great news there. Both of those guys were back, although Jakeem Grant was working off to the side with a personal trainer and Albert Wilson doing much of the same. He is still a slow work in progress to get back. I'd be surprised if the Dolphins have both those guys for opening day, but hopefully they can get them out there at least in a limited capacity and get Grant on returns and get Albert Wilson a few snaps in the backfield in the slot. Those two guys are integral to the offense having some versatility and some explosion this year in 2019. Other news, with Rashad Jones coming back, that likely means that Minka Fitzpatrick gets to move back to his original star position where he plays in the big nickel over the slot. Plenty of nickel coverage with the cornerback position. He will rotate and play some safety. He will be a jack-of-all-trades on this defense, and that does include some work down in the box, whether or not he likes that at 205 pounds or not. But this puts him back in his original position, his best position the majority of the time, and that part is very good. Raquan McMillan, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I thought he was fine from a health standpoint when I was down there, when he originally came off the practice field and just didn't return and still hasn't returned. 
but hopefully we get some clarity on his issue because this guy is going to be important to this defense in the run defense, especially because there's a lot of instances where Sam McGuavin's out there and we all love the CFL star and the story, but he misses some keys in the run game. Raekwon McMillan, please don't get this twisted. Just because he's hurt, just because he's not out there and everybody's kind of infatuated with the CFL guy right now, Raekwon McMillan is a very good football player and has a very important spot on this football team. Need to get him back. Devontae Parker, I don't even know anymore. He wasn't practicing on Monday. That's just frustrating. I don't know the deal with that guy. Other news, Mark Walton, he had a legal issue to deal with on Monday, so he too was not at practice. And this came from Andy Slater. He was tending to the legal issues on Monday morning. He received six months probation after he pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor weapon charge. All other charges were dropped. His probation can be dropped to three months if he has no issues over that time. Let's go ahead and transition right now into the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It is titled, Lineup Changes, Snap Counts, and Other Tuesday Dolphins Notes. And really, I got these notes on Monday, as it's Monday morning out here on the West Coast. Recording this podcast, we have a bunch of coaches' press conference comments to go over here, including a talk about the starting quarterback position. And Flores said, I wouldn't say that's accurate when somebody asked him, does Ryan Fitzpatrick starting against Jacksonville mean that he will start the Baltimore Ravens game, the season opener? So there is still hope for Josh Rosen to reclaim his spot atop the quarterback depth chart, but he has to play faster, something I've talked about on Twitter on this podcast. And now Coach Flores mentions it in his press conference, quote, we don't want to take sack after sack after sack. He can help that by getting the ball out quicker, end quote talking about Josh Rosen's three sacks on Friday night in Tampa Bay. So the battle at quarterback still wages on, and it does everywhere else on the roster as well, except for maybe the offensive line where Flores, in a roundabout way, basically said, he's got his starting five right now, quote, I like what I've seen from those five guys, end quote. And he would continue to go on to talk about Shaq Calhoun and Michael Dieter in really glowing praise in terms of where they are from where they began a few weeks ago to now. And it sounds like those are going to be your starting guards. Of course, we know Tunzel and Kilgore are the starting left tackle and center. And Jesse Davis pretty clearly right now is the right tackle. So he likes this offensive line. I don't expect any changes as it has been the same since the day that Dave DeGuglielmo was promoted to the offensive line coach. Pretty much all throughout August, this offensive line has been the same unchanged for three weeks. But to bring it back to Jesse Davis, one of the reasons they love this guy on the staff, and this is something they've talked about across all positions, across every press conference, every single chance they've had to address what they like in certain players throughout the course of the NFL calendar, Brian Flores and Chris Greer have talked about leadership and the guys that can really set the example for the rest of the guys in the locker room. And that's who Jesse Davis is to Brian Flores. Quote, he's a quiet guy, but people listen when he talks. End quote. Jesse Davis is a free agent this upcoming offseason. This is going to be a very crucial 16-game period for him to see if he earns a contract here in Miami, if he gets big money elsewhere, is he going to play right guard? His position versatility is going to go a long way on this roster, so does the leadership, and that brings us to one last thing he has to do, play good football. And I know that's the hardest one of the three, but if he does that, he'll be back next year with a new contract. I'm almost certain of that. 
Last guy he talked about was Patrick Laird, the undrafted running back who came here behind Kalen Balazs, Kenyon Drake, Mark Walton, even seventh round pick Miles Gaskin because Laird was undrafted, but his patience, his vision, both of those show up on game day, but it's the work in the passing game and the extracurricular stuff that he does that has really caught Brian Flores' eye. Quote, he plays hard. He's done everything we've asked. He just does everything right. He's had a good camp so far. He needs to stay on this path and he'll get a chance. End quote. And I've talked about this multiple times, but Patrick Laird works every single day after practice on the jugs machine, working on one-on-one -on -one routes in the passing game. He does that with Miles Gaskin, and I'm sure that's going a long way. In addition to his production, both in practice and in the games, he has been consistent throughout the course of training camp in the preseason. All right, we're going to come back on the other side here and get into the snap counts from the game on Friday, as well as the advanced data from the Tampa Bay game. I'll tell you what stands out and who is in trouble, but first, are you in trouble when it comes to your performance in the bedroom? Don't check in with a negative grade when she gives her post-game presser to her friends. Help yourself earn rave reviews with Blue Chew. Guys, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, after practice, before a workout, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Blue Chew is made in the USA, and since it prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it today for free. She's going to love it too. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. There was a tweet that came out. I think I saw it on Friday night that really kind of perplexed me in multiple ways. It talked about how the Dolphins will not like Tua Tungavailoa because he is a running quarterback and that doesn't fit their scheme. Well, that's wrong for multiple reasons. We'll start with the fact that Tua is probably the most polished pre-snap technician when it comes to putting the defense in peril with the way you attack their coverage and also with the post-snap work and the way he manipulates defenses to move them where he wants them to go. He is very sharp from the cerebral standpoint. He's super accurate. He can move guys with his eyes, his body language, his hips, his shoulders. Everything he does is set up to put the defense in a bad position and give his offense a chance to move the football. He's smart getting into the right running plays and all those things check the boxes for what they want in this particular scheme because Josh Rose Rosen told us this. I told you guys this when I did the Chad O'Shea write-up back in like February. If you, if the quarterback is smart upstairs, this offense really empowers them to make the most plays. As Rosen said, this offense empowers the quarterback like no offense I've ever been a part of before. And that's where Tua Tungavailoa really excels. Plus, on top of all that, 
at the press conferences, at the scouting combine, when talking about quarterback evaluation, both Chris Greer and Brian Flores mentioned that mobility was one of the top things they look for in a quarterback. So just go ahead and throw that entire thing out the window. Can probably throw the coverage from some particular places out the window altogether. And let's just go ahead and say this. Be careful with where you guys get your news and your analysis from because most of it is, well, let's just say be careful. There are a lot of prominent voices out there that have big followings that I see consistently spewing things that just aren't true or just aren't factual or just aren't based in much knowledge of the game. So just please be careful. I know you guys can always come to me when you need stuff for this Miami Dolphins football team. But one outlet you can trust that's not locked on Dolphins, of course, at least in terms of the advanced metrics, I'm still a bit weary of the grading process, but pro football focus I learned this the other day. They have eight to nine guys on every single game taking down information. The advanced metrics and snap counts are absolute. There's no gray areas there. So let's go ahead and get into the stuff. And you guys can find this information on the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Again, it's titled Lineup Changes, Snap Counts, Other Dolphins Tuesday Notes. And we start here with the offensive side of things and snap counts and the advanced metrics. Rookie Shaq Calhoun and Michael Dieter, they clearly want to start these guys. They want to get these guys as much work as they can and continue to improve that communication, like Coach Flores mentioned, among his starting five on the offensive line. Both of these guys played 49 snaps on Friday night in Tampa Bay. Both of them had a false start, although Michael Dieter got saved somehow by the buzzer and his was not enforced at the very end of the first quarter, but he earned elite grades, a 91, I believe it was, through pro football focus. Now, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast the last couple of days. I don't think he earned that level of a grade. He gets out over in front of his skis too much. He lunges a little bit and he can get beaten pass protection and his run blocking, sometimes he's on the ground. It wasn't a bad performance like I saw some mention, but it wasn't a good one either, like a great one. It was somewhere in between down the fairway. And both players, Michael Dieter and Shaq Calhoun, allowed just one pressure. And Dieter's, even though he had some bad reps and pass protection, his pressure was a hurry. Calhoun's was a sack where he blew a protection assignment. Up next on the snap counts, Isaiah Prince, Chris Reed, Jared Jones-Smith. You're going to see this from offensive linemen. These guys tend to lead the way in snaps because they don't come out of the game once they're in there. There's no rotation on the offensive line. You play every single snap when you're in there. And Isaiah Prince, Chris Reed, and Jared Jones-Smith each got 48 snaps. Jared Jones-Smith had five pressures allowed in this game, and he committed a penalty. Not good for his prospects to make this football team. Isaiah Ford, the receiver from Virginia Tech, a 2017 seventh round draft pick. He had the most work of all the skill players, 34 snaps. And Josh Rosen played 31 snaps. And Rosen had 5.7 yards per attempt and just 55.6% complete. But those were brought down pretty severely by several drops. And three of those drops came from rookie sensation Preston Williams, who just had a miserable night. He was targeted six times and produced only seven yards on the night, 1.2 yards per route run. That mark was a dramatic drop-off from last week's 4.2 figure, and those three drops brought his grade, his receiving grade rather, all the way down into the red, into the very prohibitive for offensive success on pro football focus. Rookie tight end Chris Myrick had the second highest grade on the offense in general. Aaron Montiero, Laramie Tunzel, and Chris Reed were next. Patrick Laird was the next one and the last of the green grades, quote-unquote, with Josh Rosen checking in just below the good game metric with a 65.8 PFF grade. Ryan Fitzpatrick had the lowest grade behind uh, Preston Williams, and fullback Chandler Cox was third last on that group. 
Jesse Davis allowed one pressure, but for some reason earned red grades all across his metrics, detrimental in the pass blocking and run blocking game. PFF did not like his game. On the other side, things were much more kind to these players. Charles Harris had a huge night, and it translated both into the grades and the advanced metrics. He played 35 snaps in that season opener. He was out there for 30 on Friday night, and the former first-round pick had five pressures on the quarterback, two sacks, two hits, and one hurry. Also made three run stops. Easily the best stat sheet of his entire career so far. One player graded out better than him, though, according to Pro Football Focus. That was Adolphus Washington. Washington had five run stops on just 12 run downs out there. So 45% of his plays resulted in a run stop where he made the tackle. He had six total tackles on 31 overall snaps. Sam McGuavin, the linebacker that everybody's falling in love with for good reason. He played 48 snaps, six tackles, had a forced fumble, made four run stops, and he had four passes targeted in his direction, and he allowed just 10 yards on those four targets. Very good night for the CFL star. Nick Needham was up next with 46 snaps. He's had a rough preseason. Although he only allowed two catches on seven targets, his big coverage bust where he thought he was in zone, but he was in man, led to a 32-yard play, which brought his yards per target all the way up to 7.6. Just can't have those communication busts. Minka Fitzpatrick had a good day in coverage, but we all know about that missed tackle. That really killed his grade. Staying in the secondary, Montre Hardage and Chris LeMond's playing some corner safety combination work there and LeMond's the former had 17 yards allowed on four pass targets and he also made a stop in the running game he was exceptional in that game Nate Orchard is continuing a great preseason five pressures on 17 pass rush snaps one sack two hits two hurries he also chipped in with two run stops he's on the football team right now Christian Wilkins was next in pressures with three and he had one of each, a sack, a hit, and a hurry, and two run stops of his own. We talk about Jerome Baker's ultimate efficiency in this defense, and that just continues to rack up. He had six pass rush snaps, where last week he had zero. Three of those, he put pressure on the quarterback. Two of those were quarterback hits. He was not targeted one time in six coverage snaps, and he's showing you that he belongs on the field every single play. Tank Carradine also had three pressures on the night. All three of those were quarterback hits, no sacks, but he is hitting the quarterback. And the Dolphins' lack of depth in the secondary continues to, pro to provide this staff and this team with a severe problem. Six of Miami's eight lowest-graded players were defensive backs. Marie Smith, Montre Hardage, Cornell Armstrong, Nick Needham, Tyler Patman, and Jalen Davis. And those former two there, or the latter two, I should say, Patman and Davis, they played six and five snaps respectively. Jamius Pittman had five snaps. Joey Embu had seven snaps. I think the writing might be on the wall for some of those guys. So we have plenty more to come in this preseason, but we're only 11 days away from cut down day, August 31st, where 37 players are going to see their dreams cut short. Of course, 10 of those guys will come back onto the practice squad, but I think what you're going to look for this week in Jacksonville is basically the starters are going to play first and a lot. You're going to see the main backups come off the bench next, and you're going to see plenty of guys that don't get any work, and the writing on the wall for those guys will be apparent. We're going to come back on the other side of the podcast here and talk to you guys about the Baltimore Ravens, give you my updated depth chart, even though Miami's depth chart is complete bunk and has remained unchanged since they first put it out. 
all that next. But first, make sure you guys check out the new rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and his new co-host, Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your national daily podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we got Locked On Dolphins coming back your way here in just one second. You guys can find me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and the show at Locked On Fins. First day of school usually refers to the opening day of training camp for these players, but we will have an opening day game here in just a couple of weeks, and that is technically the first day of the actual season. Today, for me, is my first day back at school, a 31-year-old senior, almost 32. I forget my age almost every single time I talk about it these days, it seems, but heading back to WSU for my senior year today, not looking forward to it. It's going to put a lot more on my plate, but we have to get it done, get that degree in the back pocket, and we can continue to bring you guys the Locked On Dolphins podcast every single day. And that first day of school for this Dolphins team is September 8th against the Baltimore Ravens. Let's go ahead and talk about those Ravens here real quick, because I had a chance to watch their game against the Green Bay Packers the other night in the preseason. And one thing you note, they're going to run some 21 personnel and run straight power football. They're going to go man gap scheme, pull a guard to the play side and hit you with play action, misdirection, moving pockets, getting Lamar Jackson around the offense and getting him off of his spot. And that's going to be the key for this Dolphins team to get him off of his spot, but also do a rush contain. And if you guys go back to the AFC championship game with the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, you saw a lot of that in the way they handled Patrick Mahomes, a four-man rush where they're going to send guys upfield, but also to angle to hem those edges in. And much like what Christian Wilkins did on the play where he got the sack, where he cleaned it up, that was a good rep before the sack because he created that outside lane and set that edge and kept the quarterback within that pocket. That's going to be a major, major key when it comes to defending Lamar Jackson. I am sure we all saw the play where he made a guy miss in the open field, hurdled another defender, and went into the end zone for the touchdown. But this pressure you're going to bring on a quarterback like that is based upon where you don't shoot for sacks, you shoot to contain a certain gap, you break the rhythm, force him to throw broken plays, and that will get inaccurate throws from Lamar Jackson, it'll get bad decisions, and hopefully it'll get you some turnovers. Now, on the other side of the ball... I tend to think that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you a better chance to win this game, even though I do think that right now Josh Rosen is currently winning this tight quarterback battle. But I think that what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do in terms of finding out the Ravens pre-snap coverage and where the blitzes are going to come from and the rotation post-snap with Earl Thomas back there doing his thing, I think they're going to really confuse and batter and put Josh Rosen on the ground if he starts in this game. That secondary is so nasty. They're going to bait him into throws. He's had two plays, probably three, that should have been intercepted this uh, this preseason so far that have been really bad throws. If he does that against the Ravens, he's going to have multiple turnovers as they're going to bait him. They're going to rob. They're going to fall off of coverage where they're going to play man coverage and fall off of their guy and pick off a route coming underneath. You just cannot have bad decision making and you can't have a 
slow processor back there if you want to beat this team. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick eats crap, it's better than Josh Rosen eating crap, which will totally happen if he starts, in my opinion. So they got to come out in this game and try to match the Ravens' physical intensity. They're going to throw power run after power run at the Dolphins. You really hope that Raekwon McMillan can come back for that. And 47, Kiko Alonso, he might actually have a spot in this game filling the backside to clean up whatever Raekwon spills when he takes out the fullback or takes out some blockers in front of him to get Kiko Alonso clean. So this team needs these linebackers back, mainly number 52, or else we're going to see guys like Trey Watson out there trying to handle the workload on this opening day game. And speaking of Trey Watson and this Dolphins death chart, they put the death chart back out again, but it remains unchanged for the third straight week. And I think it's pretty much clear what it looks like right now. You've got Fitzpatrick and Rosen at the top with Kenyon Drake down in the backfield. Kalen Balazs is right there with Mark Walton securely behind him ahead of a guy like Patrick Laird. Chandler Cox is the fullback. At tight end, I really don't know what to tell you guys. I think that all four of these guys are going to have a role on this team between Dwayne Allen, Durham Smythe, Nick O'Leary, and Mike Gesicki, but I can't sort them in any order. At receiver, I think Kenny Stills is still part of the first team. I think Preston Williams is part of that first team. And right now we'll go with Isaiah Ford because the other guys are injured and can't play. But I think that once Albert Wilson gets healthy, he'll be back in that first team offense. On the offensive line, we talked about it in the first segment. Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Calhoun, and Davis. That's going to remain unchanged on opening day. On the defensive line, you're going to have Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw with Charles Harris and Tank Carradine. Although Jonathan Ledbetter, Adolphus Washington, and other guys will get rotation work in that defensive line as well. At linebacker, Jerome Baker, he's probably never going to leave the field. Raekwon McMillan would be next, but he's banged up. Sam McGuavin, your nickel linebacker, going to play plenty on this defense. Nate Orchard in there as well, as well as Andrew Van Ginkle and maybe even Kiko Alonso if he comes back. Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, your outside corners. Minka Fitzpatrick, your slot. I think Jamal Wiltz is next of the corners to come off the bench. At safety, you've got Bobby McCain, the full-time single high guy back there with TJ McDonald and Rashad Jones having specific roles. And I think that Montre Hardage is probably next off the bench for the safety. So that depth chart remains mostly unchanged for me, completely unchanged for the Dolphins. And that will pretty much wrap up the coverage of the Buccaneers game. We're going to have a preview for the Jaguars game tomorrow, as well as a crossover podcast on Thursday, talking to the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We'll probably have a mailbag in here somewhere. Not sure where I'm going to put it, but we'll talk to you guys on that on Twitter here very shortly. And before I sign off, some great news on HBO. We talked about this on Twitter. The Washington State Cougars are getting a college version of Hard Knocks, recovering their football team. I think it's this year, and they'll put it out in the summer sometime. Not quite sure. I understand the details behind that. If it's just training camp or if it's all season long, either way, super pumped for that. But even better and even more recently or more present, I should say, HBO had a new debut on Sunday night, The Righteous Gemstones, which stars the guy from Kenny Powers. I think his name is Danny McBride and Adam, Adam Devine from Workaholics, who is just hilarious for my money. That's really all you need to know about this show. Those two guys, the starring actors, I thought the first episode was hilarious. Hilarious. It has great potential going forward as well. Can't wait to see what that show turns into. Great Sunday night viewing for all you comedy fans out there with HBO. But as for today's episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, let's go ahead and get out of here. Check out the work up on LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow 
follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.